Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. You can follow along in your bulletin or you can read the words on the screen. Uh, but here it is. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. And may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Before we, uh, before we take a look at our text from Thessalonians today and how it moves and takes shape in our lives, I wanted to begin by seeing if I'm alone in this or if I belong just as much as you all. And what I'm talking about is this. It's a real thing, right, to actually have something that is your favorite thing, but then to say that something else is your favorite. For example, if you were to say your favorite movie is Dangerous Liaisons, your actual favorite movie is Weekend at Bernie's. My favorite food is surf and turf, but actually your favorite food is a large pepperoni pizza from Zito's that you dip in a ranch with a side of Fritos, some bean dip, and a liter of Mountain Dew to wash it down. Does anyone else do this? Not the food thing. That would just be ridiculously crazy. There can't be two of us. Um, no? Okay. Well, I'm alone. And I'm not afraid to admit that I think I'm actually doing this also with my favorite show. For a long time, people have asked me, you know, I just, I'm walking down the street, hey, what's your favorite show? I get these kind of questions. And I always respond with Office, The Office, U.S. version. And I know every episode, I've seen them all multiple times, I can say the lines to them, I even catch myself in meetings looking for a camera when something awkward happens. But deep down in my heart, I, I know that this is not my favorite show. My actual favorite show, in case a lightning round comes up and you want to know, is Frasier. Especially when it gets cold and it's the winter time. I love the show Frasier. Oh, I said it. It feels so good. Frasier, Niles, Daphne, Mr. Crane, the little dog. I love the entire show. In fact, when I go to TJ Maxx, I try to buy a Martin Crane-style chair, and my wife always tells me that is not the shabby chic that we are looking for. And I already said, well, you already told me, I'm alone in this overthinking of response in being asked, what is your favorite thing? Because it's not like I'm ashamed of this favorite show, Frasier. It's not my guilty pleasure show that's Vampire Diaries, duh. <laughs> it's just I was watching it probably last night and uh, maybe a couple times before that as well. And my favorite episode came on. It's the one with Frasier and Niles and they belong to a day spa. And, uh, you know, the day spa is posh, like Fraser and Niles are, so they really like it. But as they're there, they discover that there are different levels to the day spa. See, they are in the silver level, and they watch as this senator, he gets to go through this gold door. And Fraser and Niles walk up, and they try to get in, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you're not on the list. 
And so the episode becomes them obsessed with getting into this next level at the day spa where the gold door is. And finally, they get into the gold door. They go through it. It's amazing. They enter this relaxation room where they got the cucumbers on the eyes, the full body sea wrap. They're sitting there. It's pure bliss. Niles is like, Frazier, describe to me, describe to me. And he's telling him about the room. And then Frazier suddenly sees something else. He sees a platinum door. And as soon as they see the platinum door, they lose all respect and love for the gold room that they were just lavishing, loving. And they go, I got to get up. And they try to go through it. And as Frazier's walking to the door, this is sitting and goes, sir, sir, you can't go through there. And Frazier does that thing where he does, where he speaks in his Frazier voice, have crueler words ever been spoken I love it. Niles is like, no, we're doing it. And Niles is wrapped, so he can't actually run to the door. He's got to do the little tiptoe thing. Frazier picks him up. They run. They throw open the platinum door. The sun is beating down on their face. They're like, oh, it must be like some heavenly sanctuary. And they walk out. Door closes behind them. They're actually in the alleyway where the dumpster is. The platinum door was the door to the trash. You're not smiling at all. You've never seen the show. It's It's amazing. And I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about it's, it's new member day. And then I was thinking St. John's is not the platinum door that leads to the dumpster. And then I was thinking this metaphor isn't perfect, but I kind of like really wanted to tell the story. <laughs> uh, so then I was like, well, it talks about belonging, and that has to do with our text. So let's dive in. Here's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, right? Now, 1 Thessalonians is one of two letters that Paul, Silas, and Timothy write. We usually only give credit to Paul, but all three names are listed, and there are three main focuses in this first letter to the Thessalonians. The first focus is that it's about the end time. See, the Thessalonians, they were pretty worried about people who had died. And they were wondering, how is it all going to work when Jesus comes back? Those of us who are still alive and those of us who have died, is it going to be different? And Paul, Timothy, and Silas encouraged them that, no, it's going to be all of us united together. No matter if you're alive or if you're dead, when Christ comes back, we will be together. Thank you. Secondly, it has this striking emphasis on the word of God, on the gospel. Nine times in the first two chapters alone, the word of God, the gospel, is mentioned. Talking about how the word of God has such power in our lives that our job is to get out of the way and let the word of God run in and among us and have its way with us. And that the word of God never just stays for us, but that it goes out to the ends of the world and that those who have been living in faith there, it's already happening. Everyone is seeing that word of God go out from them. And then finally, this was a letter that was written to strengthen new converts to the faith. And that makes it a fitting text for today, a text that is still and always will be relevant and necessary for our lives because Thessalonians was written to nurture a young Christian community in the midst of hostile times and a pluralistic society and environment, much like what we face today. And so if you'll follow along in the bulletin with me, 9 and 13, it's no wonder Paul, Silas, and Timothy say, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. May God the Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. See, these fellas know 
They know not only what joy and what strength and what thanksgiving we have because we belong to our Lord Jesus, but what joy and thanksgiving and strength there is in knowing that together we all belong. How important it is to be present in the flesh together, supplying what we alone can give to each other on account of Jesus. See, to belong to something, to be part of something, whether it's a family, a team, a church, a band, or whatever it is, I wonder sometimes if there is not a more powerful feeling in this world than knowing that you belong to something. Because when you belong, when you know you belong, when you're living it and experience, it's real. It's real unlike anything else. It's fun. You eat, you talk, you laugh, you wear the same clothes. You, you start to become a part of something in this community, and it is just right. And I think, honestly, people would tell you that there's a hundred different ways to describe it, but the feeling is always the same when you belong. The feeling of sharing life together, good, bad, and ugly. Because from the beginning, from the beginning, we were meant to belong. We were meant to belong and to not be alone. And that's, what I, and that's why we confess our sins at the beginning of the service. Because we see what sin really does. Sin moves us away from belonging. Sin separates and destroys and isolates. Sin causes us to not to, to, to be separated from God because we choose instead to hide in the garden, to seek our own ways, to put our own desires above his own, to put our own ways in front of others. Because not only does sin separate us from God, but it also separates us from one another. It leads us to thinking that we're always right, that we alone are better than everyone else, giving us this false illusion of strength and control. And when that illusion wears off and we're left with what's real, there is no strength there, only weakness and this feeling of worthlessness. I see this when I battle with my own private sins, when I see other people who are struggling through addiction, we lose a round and it becomes so dangerous because that feeling of not belonging swarms us and overwhelms us. And we just spiral further and further till we find ourselves in the shadows, afraid and wondering what we can do, feeling like there's just some door we can't get through or some door that some door that we're no longer good enough to open. Sin is the opposite of belonging. And as Marco was telling us, today is the first Sunday in Advent. Unless we forget that our Lord Jesus Christ himself knows all about doors being shut, about being told that there's no room for you here. And as you take a look around the room today and you see new faces and you see familiar faces, what you will see is that all of us are different from each other. 
different families, different finances, different races, different shows that we like to watch. There is not one of us who have not experienced what it's like to not belong to something. But our Jesus doesn't come to have doors shut and make doors for different levels. Jesus comes kicking doors down and there is no amount of sin or no amount of differences that will ever stop him from getting to you. You belong to him. And he made sure of that there on the cross, that you belong to him. Even if you've had ripped away what you used to belong to, or what by birth you deserve to be belonged into was taken from you, or even by your own choices and you feel like you no longer can belong, no one can snatch you from the hands of the Father. We come together today to remember that, to sing about that, to live in that, and to welcome you to that. New members, little children, all of us made to belong washed new and brought in, not by chance, but by his plan and for his purpose, given a calling. And that calling is found in those last two verses there in your bulletin. I'd like for us to look at it again. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all the holy ones. As those who belong, who have been called by Jesus, it's clear. His love flows to us and it overflows from us to each other and to all the people that God will bring into our lives. That type of love is the type of love that starts with just a few drops and then suddenly is like this huge, rushing, roaring flood. It's an encouraging word here. It's a helping hand over there. It's a listening ear to someone who's crying or going through hurt. It's a forgiving heart. It's an open mind. It's something small that then brings something huge in only the way that our Lord Jesus can. Think of that the next time it comes to the greeting seat when you shake someone's hand, smile at them, and welcome them. Think of that overflowing love as your joy and your privilege and your calling to share with the body of Christ that we are. And if you're worried that you can't do those things, that you're not good enough or you don't know where to start, it's right there in the text in his promise. He will strengthen your heart to do it. He gives those who belong to him exactly what they need. And if you don't have that yet, that belonging, well then welcome home because you have it here. You have it here. You have it in the table. You have it at the cross. May your heart be strengthened by the love of Jesus and the love that this community will give you. Now Chris Higgins let me slide in a secret verse. Look at your bulletin at verse 8. And I want you to think about this verse every single time. 
Because when we take all of that overflowing love, that strengthened heart, we combine it. What Paul, Silas, and Timothy are talking about, praying night and day for one another, being in the word together, being in worship together, thanking God for one another. When we know that we belong and that we have no doubt of that, that verse 8 is a great piece of scripture for new members and for all of us. And before we pray, I want to read it to you. For now, for now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Now that we are here together, standing firm in what we believe and what we will do now, now we live, really live.